Hey everyone, welcome to Snarf Talk with Chris and Jerry. And this is our podcast where we give you a behind the scenes look as we create a comic book. We're going to talk about TV, movies, comic books, and hopefully have a lot of guests, other writers, creators, and friends. Um, check us out at snarfcomics.com. You can check out our blog and follow along with everything we got going on. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Snarf Comics. And please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Enjoy the episode. good one here we're folks. back we got a good one for you i'm excited about this guess who's back in the mother house the cricket the cricket <laughs> <laughs> that freaking cricket man i don't know guys i think uh this is all going to be a non-issue when we get the new podcast studio together but um, right. we're like months away from that happening you're right <sighs> Crickets. that's all right i'm gonna spray this place with poison tomorrow poison the whole thing the whole thing the whole Kitten caboodle. I'm going to not just spray poison around the exterior. I'm going to fog the interior. And then I'm going to poison all food and drink yeah, in here. Absolutely. I know that has nothing to do with crickets, but I just want to poison everything. What we did find out in the last episode is that eat, they eat basically everything. Yeah. And we can eat them. Yeah, we totally can eat them. Grind it up. Can't find them, though. Tear your walls down. It's impossible to find. They really are. <laughs> it, this one is, anyways. So... Next episode, yeah. we're here. So this episode is going to be what? It is going to be the top 10 comic book related villains. <laughs> related. That's the key there because we're pulling from movies as well, right? Yeah. So any iteration of a comic book villain, but specifications abound. Here, Yeah. Here is the specificities. Superhero <laughs> comic villains. So, you right. know, um, as you've listened, if you've listened, we have most of our favorite comics are indie comics or are non-superhero comics. Correct. So most of what we read are, you know, your things like Saga or your things like Lock and Key or your things like Wide Last Man or Paper Girls um, or anything Brian K. Vaughn. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Or all Brian K. Vaughn books, yes. And, but we also read a lot of superhero comics as well. Yeah. But um, obviously the superhero comics genre has permeated our culture in yeah, all facets. Do. Since 2000 and what? Um, since 2000 and ever, because ever. there was animation. Oh, There's true. been movies since the 70s, 80s, 90s. Good point. So we're going to stick to the roots of comic books. And that, Correct. That is the, um, the superhero comics, mainly DC, Marvel stuff. So we're going to take our personal top tens. Yes. And here, I'm going to... This isn't the strongest. This isn't the most deadly. Well, here's the deal. When we started looking into this together and looking at all the villains and whatnot, there are so many. So many good ones, too. So many to pick from. This, again, just like all the other top tens that we've done, will probably be redone in the future. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, well, we have different opinions in the future. Right. So, so like I said, we're drawing from movies, from TV, from animation. We're drawing from comics books everything right so to take a complete picture yes of the of the villain in question the scope the scope 
of villainy. Yeah, the villainous villainy. Yes. And that's what we're going to choose between for our favorites. And I'm very excited to see what you choose. Yeah. Because, uh, we're, like I said, we're not going by, oh, you know, this is the strongest villain. Might just be the it, most interesting. Right. It doesn't have to be... This is not a strength competition for villains or yeah. how good they were at being a villain. Although, it's we, we should do that. We could do that. In the future, who's the most villainous we, of villains. We had an argument about that, actually, once before, about uh, Thor and Hulk. Yeah. But the, obviously, they're not villains, but about who was stronger, like physically. <laughs> not villains stronger. in your story. Um, what? Maybe, maybe to the villains. They're the villains. Oh, that's true. That could be. That could be the case. But actually, there's a funny. Uh, it's a it's a UK uh, like skit show. I don't remember what it's called now. But uh, they were both n- Nazis. Like these guys were dressed up like Nazis, and it was during World War II. And he looks Monty his, Python. No, it's similar to Monty Python, but it's like a it's like now there it plays now. And uh, he he looks at his buddy and he's like, and he says, "Are we the baddies?" It's oh. like, do you think we're the bad guys? <laughs> Is it's it like, the kids know. one? Uh, the kids, uh, not the no. kids in the hall, but there's another one. It's like a guy's name. Okay. Something hmm. show. Check it I out. I don't remember. Check, check, check it out. Real quick. I do have a spring stretcher. Oh, something stretching your springs? Yeah, something stretches my springs here, Chris. And it has to deal with like water and drinking again. Oh, my gosh. Just like the crush of the bottles thing. But Amy... Amy knows this is something that bugs the crap out of me, and it's it's something that she doesn't even know that she's doing because at, in random points she gets on cleaning sprees. Yeah. Could be like at a random point in the day. Um, just like a couple of weeks ago, she's like, gosh, I love Sundays because we could just be lazy. And then literally like five minutes later, she was like scouring the house and not being lazy <laughs> and doing the complete opposite of what she talked about. But what will happen is, gosh, it bugs crap out of me. I will get a drink of water, a vessel that holds fluids that I will drink out of. Not a vassal. Not a vassal, but a vessel. And I will drink out of it. And then I will set it down. If I walk away from that at any point, it will be dumped out or thrown away. Yeah. Within minutes. And it's happened so many times. I'll come back. I'll be like. Where'd my water go? Yeah, that's definitely happened to me too. I'll look around and the, stretches my springs as well. Oh, the cups dumped out and in the sink. I just poured that yeah. two minutes ago and now it's down the drain. And we're Americans and apparently can waste water as much as we want. <laughs> I'm a, I can add on something that stretches my springs that's also Gosh, beverage based. Okay. Uh, people that take forever to drink a single can of pop. I might be one of those people. Are you one of those people? I think so. Dude, it's like. Three, four glugs, you're done. Like, I don't drink much cans of pop anymore. Like a 12-ounce can of pop, uh, somebody will nurse that for an hour. Drives me crazy. Yeah. Stretches my springs, Jerry. Really? Yeah. I stretch your springs like every episode. And just episode, like though. carry it around. Yeah. Have well, you ever noticed? You can't carry it around because it'll be warm. Somebody carry it around for like an hour and just like, and, you're, I, and it just drives me crazy. After like a half an hour, I'm like, how is there still liquid in there? Pop in there. <laughs> I, I think I'm one of the, I, I am Drink a very slow, faster. I'm a slow drinker when it comes to anything besides water. Really? Yeah, I really am. I'm sorry. I don't mean to stretch your springs. <sighs> you stretch my springs, Jerry. Well, there's our stretch our springs segment. <laughs> so if you didn't check out the last podcast, 
we are doing a new format here where we're trying to stick to a one hour window. Yeah. So the last episode was one hour, like right at it. Uh, we nailed it and it was pretty, pretty good. Like yeah. pretty, pretty solid, nailed it an hour and it was easy for us to do. What we were concerned about to begin with is that we can't keep it within that hour. Yeah. It's hard to. It takes a lot of uh, outlining and structuring. It does. And we're not outlining or structuring people, but we are now. Yeah. We're going to try it. We're going to try it for a couple months and see how you guys like it. So let us know. Comments, text, uh, Facebook message, yes. Twitter. Let us know if you prefer the one hour or you like it back at the two hour and length. We will be hardcore monitoring the data back yeah. from who's listening. Yeah, if from it, whose line is it anyway? Right, Drew Carey. Yeah. If it bumps Ryan our Drew Styles. Carey's or if it lowers our Ryan Styles. <laughs> right? What's the, what was the uh, other dude? The, uh, Colin. Co- yeah, that Colin, guy. Colin, uh, something Colin. Colin. Old Colin. Oh, that Colin. <laughs> and I, Wayne Brady. I saw Wayne Brady live in concert. At you did? At the Rialto Theater in Joliet. Was he good? When I was in high school. He was great. He was fantastic. I, he looks good. He's on that one game show now. Um, like right before uh, Price is Right or right after Price yeah, is Right? Um, the money, something to do with money. Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't, which it would be. Is it the door one? Is it the door shows. one? Like door one, door yeah, two, door yes. three? Yes, it is that one. Yeah. We're going to do top 10 uh, game shows pretty soon. I agree. That yeah. would be really good because I love game shows. I love game shows. They, they're bringing back all the old game shows. Did you notice that? They are like but not card that. sharks is back. Um, I don't like them. Uh, the whammy one, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Yeah, who's was that? Snoop Dogg, what Snoop Dogg, I think, was doing that one. Press no, your luck, no, no, press not. your luck is uh, it I is press your luck. Press that's your luck. the that is the game, but that's definitely not uh, Snoop Dogg. Who is that? Because I just watched it recently too, and I forgot like that was it was an old show until they started saying Oh, no Joker's anime. Wild. Snoop Dogg was doing Joker's Wild. You remember Joker's Wild? I don't. Well, I anyway, um, and then there was another one they were recently doing with celebrities and it has uh, the guy from Blackish in it. And we were watching it the other night. They're all like all on Sunday nights now, which yeah, I kind of like. They are a lot. And I was enjoying the show a lot. It was the To Tell the Truth. Okay. I yeah, haven't seen that's that. That's back one. on. That was pretty good. Yeah, what's the other one where you write down you write down your answer and there's two people sitting in front of you? The newlywed game? Oh, Pyramid? No, Pyramid. They, they're doing that too. Alec Baldwin is the host no, of No, he does uh no, that's that's the match game. Match game. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, you got a match. Pyramid answers. is uh Michael Strahan. Okay. Yeah. He's into everything. Yeah, he is, man. He's, He's on GMA. Hardest working guy in Hollywood. He's on Monday football night stuff. football, I think, or something. He's on like Sunday. Like Sunday, Sunday night football. No Sunday, NBC? like the whole day. The whole day. The whole day he's sitting there talking about day. football. Then he goes and does GMA first thing in the morning. Let me tell you what. Um, let's we, before we get into this, I want to talk a little bit about another thing that stretches my springs, Jerry. Oh boy! I know we're past the segment now. I thought we did pass this, but segment. I have two fantasy football teams. Yes, as do I. One of my leagues were allowed to trade for draft picks for the next year. Oh, okay. So I'm not a fan of I abandoned my team last year because I was doing terrible, but I had a lot of good players. Okay. Ended up this year with the draft with three first round draft picks. It's insane. How did you do that? Pure insanity. And a fantasy Holy football skill cow. that's like you're guaranteed basically the playoffs at least with three I first round so, draft picks. I would say so with three. <laughs> yeah. I am uh, one 
for two, probably soon to be one for three. Because everybody's getting hurt. I just, my team has not been showing up. Really? I've been doing pretty decent and in it's one a, league. It's a pretty amazing lineup I got on my team. But a lot of big name people have but been getting hurt. I took a I took a flyer in like the third round. Okay. Picked up Melvin Gordon. Did you? Because he was out. He still is. Yeah. He's but- still holding out for a contract. He will play <laughs> next week though. Yes. And then my trail to domination will start because I will have I didn't realize that basically he, three first round running gonna, backs. That's really good. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. So we're not a fantasy football show. No, we are not. We are a comic book pop culture pop entertainment. Culture show. So show. let's get into it. Top ten villains. Top ten comic book comic related. Book. Yeah, there you go. Superhero villains. Number ten. Number ten. You want me to go or you? Oh, I usually go first. You right? do. Yeah, you're usually. My number ten is Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Really? Yeah. I was explain I, to me why. I've always been a fan of Apocalypse, not only from um, the age of a cop- Apocalypse run in x-men from whenever that was but i have the collected book it's gigantic okay um you know the movie the x-men apocalypse movie wasn't great right wasn't terrible but well it's probably the least of the yeah x-men movies like the worst but uh, i actually quite enjoyed it and i've always been fascinated by that character i love the fact that he's a mutant but he's been around since like the time of the Egyptians, like yeah. predating all other mutants, or at least supposedly so. Um, I like the I like characters and villains that kind of lurk in the background and pull strings. Okay, you know what I mean, yeah. and just kind of like affect things. Yeah, without necessarily being directly involved. Okay, um, I've never really been clear on like what his powers are. Does anybody really know? I mean, he's got like a lot of different powers. They seem to change all the time. Yeah. He's but my, very apocalyptic. Yeah. My favorite thing probably about uh, Apocalypse that just captured my imagination as a kid and continues to is the Four Horsemen of the apoc- oh, Apocalypse. Yeah. And um, there was kind of a revolving, revolving um, amount, different amounts of people. Yeah. It would be different people at different times. But I always loved when uh, he basically turned Angel into... Uh, was it Archangel? Archangel yeah, into Archangel, yeah. and I love that. It just for some reason that captured my captured my imagination. I always liked Angel, but I always really liked. I thought Archangel was such a cool character. Yeah, just really did. Cool. And I liked you know um, when he was doing the, when they did the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Like Wolverine was one of them. I can't he remember was. which one he was, but um, I can't remember what they who they all were. I one time I think Hulk was one of them. Actually, I'm pretty sure Wolverine's just the coolest out of all of them though. Yeah, because well, it's Wolverine. I just always liked that he kind of affected them and got got in their heads and turned them to his cause. And like you said, it's like behind the scenes. It's yeah. not he's not up front the villain. He's yeah. just controlling it. And the puppet master, if you will, but uh, not I, not that villain. I would say, um, as far as like runs of a comic book, um, or I know that's like multiple different runs, but like. That age of apocalypse. If you buy that book, which is gigantic, yeah, it's huge. It's like the size of a compendium for Walking Dead. It's huge. Is um, it that big? It's yeah, that bigger, bigger. Holy yeah. cow! I guess I didn't realize it. Was I that currently big. own it. Is currently propping up my bed because the bed, <laughs> my really? bed frame broke, <laughs> and I needed a really thick book to hold up the bed frame. Okay, so that's under there, not unfortunately. But um, I just thought it was really good writing, and I, I just I think it's a really cool character. 
Awesome. And, and more than a cool character, it's just something that, like, for some reason captured my imagination as a kid. Yeah. And just stuck with me. So cool. I'm not, I'm not huge on Apocalypse myself. I was never one to dive deep into that, but he seems all right. <laughs> <laughs> I will appreciate your pick. My number 10 um, has to do with the Flash, but. The reverse of him. Oh. The reverse Flash or Eobard Thawne. Uh, I, he's always been like the direct competitor to the Flash. Yeah. Right? Right off the bat. Barry Allen has a huge problem with this dude. But I I really love the, the take on him in the Flash show. In the Flash show, yeah. Um, oh, what's that actor's One name? One of my favorite actors of all time, Tom Cavanaugh. Uh, Tom Cavanaugh. I couldn't think of his name. I had it, I thought I had it written down, but I don't. Um, the way he acts and the way he does him in the first season of the show, I think, is absolutely amazing. Everything after that is good, but it just changes a little bit, you know, for what happens with the Flash because he always is changing time frames. Um but I just like such the reverse compl- flash. Such a complicated show. It, it kind of really is. <laughs> uh, like at the end of the day, and so is the comic book. The comic book is the same way. Yeah. And they've reverted back to um, in the new 52 and like everything DC's done after that. They've reverted back to like what the flash did ages ago. Yeah. Screwing up what's happening now. <sighs> and time travel is so hard. Yeah. That's really hard. But it's awesome. Yeah. It's makes you think a lot. But. Yeah, Reverse Flash. There's not much else to really talk about him besides he runs really fast like the Flash does and they don't like each other. I just I like I like the, the simplicity of comics where you got the Flash and then it's like we need a bad guy. Yeah. Reverse, Reverse Flash. Flash. I yeah. like uh you got the Green Lantern. Yeah. And then <laughs> the color yellow and like Sinestro yes. think, is like it's the, the problem. Thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this those like somebody sitting in a room in like the nineteen sixties being like, We need a villain for the flash. Wow. Reverse flash. <laughs> yeah. And it's so easy. Drinking a glass of whiskey and but, just smoking a cigarette. But think about that. Like we think about writing comic books all the time and you try to think so deep into this stuff when it really doesn't need to be. No. Like you can put it as plain as that. It's all and about it the character. And then and then the concept is meaningless. It's about the character. Yeah. So that's I mean, like you take uh another Flash character like uh Gorilla Grodd, yep. right? Who's been in like across the whole entire DC universe. Sure. But it's like a silly idea, right? It is silly. But it's a great character. It's like Let's put King Kong in this. <laughs> but hyper-intelligent. Yeah, call him something different and make him really smart. <laughs> it's it's easy to do, but I, I like it. I, I think it works really well. It is kind of corny to have it called Reverse Flash. Yeah. I'll give you that. So my number nine yeah. is a classic in my mind. That's why it gets okay. on my list. Um, it is Red Skull. Red Skull is definitely a classic. Gosh, it's such an old character obviously since captain america is super old yeah cool. and i think they did a great job with him in the first avenger but there's a lot more that they could do with that character but i think my favorite part about that character honestly is the simplicity it's a nazi yeah it is nazis are evil yes this is like the top nazi you know what he, i mean i think he looks really sweet too yeah he looks cool but that's my thing like it's simple right nazis are bad captain america fights nazis red skull's like the leader of the, the leader Nazis. of the Nazis. Great. 
Yeah. Done. <laughs> yeah. Move on. That's it. But I do also like what they've done with him over the years in the comics mostly. Um, because I haven't seen really a take on him outside of the comics. I mean, there was the old 91 Captain or 90 something Captain America movie, which I, I liked. And he was like a rubber faced Nazi, basically. Yeah. Um, they did him a little bit in, in the first Avenger. Yep. Um, he's brought back a time or two. But even in like cartoons, not that much that I can really recall. Um, I really wish they would have had him more in Endgame. I like that he's formidable, right? So most villains in comic books, superhero comic books, lose all the time. Yeah. And the hero wins. Red Skull doesn't lose all the time. I mean, he killed Captain America. I don't know if directly, but I don't remember that storyline. But he was responsible for the death of Captain America. He won. You know, he's succeeded over the Avengers. He's succeeded in a lot of things. And again, though, for me, the, the draw is... Nazis. <laughs> just a hundred percent Nazis. It's just I mean, they're evil, they're easy to hate, and easy. they're an easy villain. And I feel like it's widely hated. And that's why in our first comic, Fourth Reich, yes, the bad guys that. are Nazis. Nazis. <laughs> uh, which one of our first book. criticisms when we posted that script up on Reddit for criticism was like, oh, Nazis. Again. I'm like, well, at least it wasn't zombies. <laughs> I completely, obviously, I completely agree with that because I think, I do think zombies are overdone, but because it's not realistic, I mean, obviously, but are they? I mean, yes, they're overdone, I guess, to an extent. To me, they are. That's why I fell out of The Walking Dead. I just, but they're great. That's the great thing about zombies is they're, they're a great menace. You know what I mean? So are Nazis. Right. That's what I mean. That's a, yeah. they're a group, right? Yeah. A group of zombies is a problem. Right. A group of Nazis is a problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's why I think that's a good character. So is a group of badgers. Yeah. Or a murder of crows. I don't think that's that bad. They'll pick a cornfield clean. Will they really? Unless you get a scarecrow out there. Wow. They yeah. keep hawks away. Did you know that? No. They do. Hawks hate crows and crows hate hawks. So. I originally thought that a hawk was eating my chickens and they said, get a black chicken because a black chicken, a crow or a hawk will think it's a crow and they won't come around. So I got this black chicken and for like two days, nothing died. And then the mink came back and and the first bird that it got was that black chicken. (laughs) Uh, So what am I on? Number Number nine. nine. My number nine. Very simple one. Again, Bane. Bane. I like Bane a lot. Boy, this and he's been all over the map as far as portrayals. Yes, his portrayals have been crazy. I don't like the portrayal of the 90s Bane in uh, the... The Batman Forever. Is it Batman Forever? Yeah. Okay, I don't really like that because they have him so dumb. Wait, no, it's Batman and Robin? I don't remember. It's the one with Poison Ivy. Right, but I don't remember which one that was. I think it's Batman Forever. But they play him as like this dumb... Yeah, he's like a brute. And just, yeah, and he's got the the liquid things coming in him. Yeah, and that whatnot. is not the character. I, no, I don't like that at all. Bane has a brain. He's much smarter than you think. He's hyper, like super intelligent. Tom King just started South American, Brazilian, right? Um, I don't know about that. I don't know his descendant. Yeah, you think he's Brazilian? I don't remember. Tom King just redid the character and, and is portraying Bane more like Batman. Okay. Um, where they're like almost a mirror image of each other. Yeah, that's kind of how it's supposed to be. Yeah, and they, you know, obviously Bane is obsessed with what he's obsessed with. 
Batman's obsessed with what he's obsessed with. It's just on opposite sides of the cloth. Mm -hmm. And um, they're like perfect villains to where the Joker is similar to that. But Bane is, um, he's not as, he's not as like into chaos. You know what I mean? Like he's structured, like this is what I'm going to do over, overtake you. And he's He's a planner. Yes. He sets up big schemes or big plans to like destroy everything. Oh, and, yes, and that's what I was going to bring up. Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy. That dude can act better than I've seen myself act. And that, I mean, I can act, man. <laughs> I can act. I liked I, Bane in that movie. I need to rewatch that movie. It's been a long time. I do Dark think. Dark Knight Rises. I do actually think that uh, the voice somewhat takes away from him. I agree. Uh, a little bit because it's just so uh, overproduced, yeah. I guess. Um, but the acting in general is really good. And I like the character of Bane in that movie because yeah. of what he's doing. He's still used as kind of like a, um, a front man though. Yeah. You know, he's not necessarily at the end of the day, spoilers, the main character, well, the main villain, I should say. I have to rewatch the movie cause I don't remember that. But oh, you don't No. Oh man. <laughs> but that brings me to my number eight, eight, Jerry, yes, sir. Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix, or huh? The, the Phoenix Force, Force, I guess. Phoenix Force, yeah. Um, on this list for sure would be, and on any villain list, this high would be like probably the most under or the most smallest amount of actual material. For sure. This hasn't been like a deep, deep character. But it's again uh, another one that really, really, really captured my imagination when I was a kid. Yes. And has just followed me. And started like my obsession with phoenixes for some reason, <laughs> really, and <laughs> continues to this day. And that's probably directly from um, the animated series, but also absolutely. You know, then later on, I went back and read the the Phoenix Saga, yeah. from X Men, which is short. Again, I mean, it's very, very short, short, very short. But it's so good, and I I like first of all, I love to hate Jean Grey. Yes, Can she's I... the most whiny, obnoxious character. She, At least in the animated series. I mean. Yeah, in the animated series and somewhat in the books too. But and the she, movies, she was uh, yeah, they definitely did it in the movies. Um, Famcade, but she was super personable and nice and loving, and I loved the story obviously between Wolverine and Jean Grey. Yeah, like I like seeing that, and I loved the fact that they took this likable character really overall, um, and a really good character, and then turned her into something terrible. Yeah. And I thought that was like, that was like the first, um, to me, it's like the first in comic books anyways, again, to me, um, like game of Thrones when like, uh, Sean Bean's character dies, like Eddard Stark dies. And you're like, I thought he was like the main character. (laughs) And then they take Jean gray and make her into something awful. And Wolverine's like crushed. Yeah. And then he has to kill her. And that's another thing in the end of, uh, X2. X2, yeah. When he's like running, he's trying to like run through her force. Yeah. And it's ripping him apart, but he has to come in and kill her. Gosh. It's great. That's so amazing. Yeah, it's great. It's all all across the board. I, for a lot of the reasons you said, but mainly for me, it's the like psychological breakdown of this character that just cannot control their impulses yeah. and their powers. And then I'm turning into this whole other being that has 
like the ultimate power in the galaxy. Yeah. To just destroy existence. Yep. And like the push and the pull. I always like those things where like people are somebody's out of control and they like main character or the good character has to like call to them yeah. to like whatever part of humanity they have left inside them to like pull them out. I know it's an overdone trope, but, it's but so I like good. it. So it's so good. And again, I seriously weirdly started an obsession with me about Phoenixes that started my whole life. I wrote like this poem when I was a kid called the Phoenix. Oh really? And then I drew it on this like gigantic sheet of paper I drew like Phoenix, this Phoenix head and like Phoenix stuff all over it. it. I know where it is. I'm going to bring it into the podcast. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping it hasn't been thrown away. Okay. It's in my parent, in my old bedroom. Yeah. I like hit it because I was like embarrassed. (laughs) Oh, really? I did it. I loved it, but I was immediately embarrassed by it. And now you're going to put it on a worldwide show. I remember like part of the poem say it no it'll be a patreon exclusive okay i like that idea <laughs> maybe we'll even like i can scan it somehow and like print it into a document and send yeah it, send i've got it a out. scanner on my phone yeah you can take so a we'll picture of it. so phoenix my number eight who's your number eight okay my number eight we had spoke about in the last episode um that you did not like the take but i do like the take of penguin in batman returns <laughs> because I, I never said that i didn't like the take yeah, you did. You said you liked the take of him at being a mob boss better than that. Oh, yeah, than Danny yeah. DeVito in Batman Returns. Yeah, but I, not to say I don't like well, Danny yeah, DeVito true. in Batman Returns. I love Danny DeVito in Batman Returns. That so I really don't like the Penguin character myself in much of the comic books. Yeah. Just he's not much of a villain to me. But in that movie, I felt like he was like this gross, disgusting, grotesque, obviously creature may reminded was, you of yourself you saw yourself in him that reminded me of this young five-year-old boy with <laughs> asthma uh, that was treated like a freak because of my glasses yeah um but no Lived i like sewer i like that take on him and i think it's hilarious that he was like once he came out of the sewer and they uh he was running for mayor and then he all of a sudden it was like he was just accepted yeah like all right this guy eats raw fish but we like him, yeah. and he had weird hands. I, I don't know. I liked that take. I think it's awesome. I think Danny DeVito did a phenomenal job yeah. at and that that's character. straight out of the mind of Tim Burton, I think. It's awesome. I like that take. I love the take on Gotham. Oh, yeah. I have it. Actually, I have. I think it's Robin Lord Taylor. Yes. I have it as Batman Returns slash Gotham. I love his I character in part of it's the actor. He's really good. But I like everything they did with him in that show. I love the take of the Penguin in the Arkham games. Yeah, I do too. And I, I love the take that, of Penguin, actually. as I mentioned in previous podcast, in uh, No Man's Land. Yes, absolutely. So all of those things. I I, 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 I was kind of sketchy on uh, on Penguin the first season of Gotham. Yeah. It's like, what are they going to do with him? But his overarching story throughout that series is really I like it. Too many yeah. people died and came back to life in that show, though. Yeah. Eight, uh, seven, my number seven, not Holly Berry, Jada Pickett Smith. That's right. Jada Pickett Smith. She's even worse. The other Holly Berry. (laughs) Yeah, she's even worse. The not as attractive Holly Berry that has a weird over the top accent throughout the show. Yeah. What was Will Smith thinking marrying her? Um, Number seven, is it? Seven, it is. My number seven is Venom. Really? Yeah. I didn't think you'd have him on the, it's a Spider-Man 
guy. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I could populate my entire list with Spider-Man villains, honestly, and we should probably have a show just ranking Spider-Man villains. I, just I like we that. should have a show just doing Batman villains. Yeah. But um, for me, Venom probably should be higher on the list. I love the original origin of Venom. I like the whole story of the symbiote coming down with the space shuttle and getting attached to uh, to Spider-Man yeah. and and then going, you know, going on to Eddie Brock and the whole thing. So I love that character. And then like he becomes a huge pop culture phenomenon, right? Yes. So like spawning into his old, own books and he becomes like this weird villain anti-hero, but he's still like eating people's heads. And he's like a different personality within Eddie Brock's brain. I think they actually did it pretty well in the movie Venom with Tom Hardy. Really? Even though the movie was really odd. I, I still haven't ever seen it. Oh, it's on HBO right now. Is it? I think I'll so, have to yeah. watch it. Um, or no, it's on Stars. Okay. It's on Stars. I, I get the free Stars thing to watch American Gods, and I was going to rewatch Venom. Anyway, I think on rewatching that, I might like that movie a little more. I think maybe it was underwhelmed in theaters because I think it's better at home movie. Okay. But um, but that was just like the second take. This this character has had so many iterations and such a lifespan that he's, first of all, kind of spawned carnage Absolutely. off that. Um, but I just like what they've done now with him in some of the other universes where he's become 100% a good guy. Yeah. And lost all of that and... Now, they've done Agent Venom, which is one of my favorites. I love Agent... I guess I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Agent Venom, who's like purely a good guy, and he like works with S.H.I.E.L.D., and he's like... a Wow. They've done such great things with Venom, and there's a reason why he's one of the most popular comic book characters yeah. of the last 30 years. Awesome. Or 20 years, anyway. So, Venom for me, number seven. My number seven is another Batman guy. Raz al Ghul. Ooh. Raish al Ghul. Some Which way say. do you say it? I say Raz. You say Raz al Ghul? Yeah, Raz al Ghul. I did. I used to say Raz al Ghul, and now I say Raish al Ghul. Because of Kevin Smith. I don't know why. It's because of Kevin Smith. Yeah, probably. Because he says Raish. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's R A apostrophe S. No, no, I've, I've heard it other places as Raish. Really? I think they've said it in some shows. And anyway, I'm going to say Raz. Okay. Raz al Ghul. Uh, uh, the whole reason I like him is because he does. He has like training like Batman does, but he's also one of those characters, like you were saying before about Apocalypse being behind the scenes. Yeah. He's always behind the scenes, like making some big scheme and having other people do it. Yeah, he's got his own army. He's, yeah, he's got an entire army of people. His daughter is a big thing uh, in a lot of the books and in a movie that you should watch coming, you know, that you we talked about earlier about Bane. Yeah. Um, but... He, yeah, he just orchestrates this whole, like, army, like you said. And he's always behind the scenes. And then at the very end, it's always like, oh, it's that guy. Like, it's him again. Darn it. Uh, Plus the the whole, like, um, coming um, back to life and renewing himself through the Lazarus pits, I think is cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And I like Liam Neeson as uh, Ra's al Ghul in the first Batman Begins movie. But he's had great iterations in animation. But the animation is really good. And I like him in this, in the comic books a lot too, because it's, it's a little bit different than what Batman Begins was obviously, but um, I thought he was great in Arrow too. He's great. I didn't see him in Arrow. Yeah. He's a big character in that. Um, 
That was your number seven? That was my seven. Your six. My number six is Thanos. Thanos. Yeah, Thanos would hmm. probably never have gotten into hmm. my top ten except for Infinity War and Endgame. So this is one where the comics... He's inevitable. Yeah, that's a great line. Yeah. I am inevitable. Except every time he says that, he dies. Yeah. <laughs> so I loved the, the comic run, um, the Infinity Gauntlet oh, yes. stuff. Um, very, very That whole good. comic run is great. I de- it's short. Go check it out. He's had a long history um, as a villain, but most of it's pretty uninspired, I guess. But I think it really came to life. Eh, I wouldn't say it's uninspired. I think it's, I, I like the inspiration behind Thanos more in the comic books because of his like love for death, yeah. like the character death. That's true. I guess I didn't give that too much credit. But a, a lot of that I got in the, the original uh, like Infinity yeah. Saga, yes, I guess you could say. It is. Um, and yeah, I think that's really cool. I mean, especially coming from a character that's pretty much just a straight rip off of a DC character yes very much so <laughs> it's just dark side for marvel yes but um for me the only thing that propelled it up was um the movies the so movie. infinity war and endgame he was the best character i agree in those they movies gave him, they gave um, him a really good josh brolin played it amazingly um here think about that though too is that he's got to play this character with a hat like this mocap hat on yeah. and all of the stuff in front of his face he's not even looking at people most of the time he looks absolutely ridiculous and has to put out the material that they gave him and show pretty good um emotion yeah and a wide range that's why and i, I, I love characters awesome. too that you are kind of not sure if they're right or wrong yeah like you don't know if they're really the villain like you don't know you can understand their motivation and sympathize with it even though they're and awful the, and the way they gave him the motivation in endgame and you know infinity war was like i'm trying to help you right like you're overpopulating your whole world and you're destroying it the only way to fix that is get rid of yeah so you can understand people. where he's coming from and you kind of believe and it's true because at the end he gives up his power basically, and just retires like he was doing it for what he believed was the right reasons, not for just unlimited power. Right. So I thought that was interesting. Plus the whole thing with him and Gamora was fantastic. So that was my number six. My number six is a guy we also talked about last episode once uh, in the news, and it's Ozymandias from uh, The Watchmen. Yeah, I, I was wanting to put this on my list too. He, I think, is a great, like, he's... He can be considered like an anti-hero. Yeah. Or like maybe he's the villain, maybe he's not. It's similar to Thanos. Like he believes or, he's what were you gonna say? No, no, go oh. ahead. I'll bring it up later. Like he believes uh he's doing the right thing and um but obviously, you know, he's not necessarily doing the right thing right. all of the time. And it causes a big rift. But I like the character a lot. I don't I don't think they played him as well in the movie. No, bad as, movie portrayal. Well, read the book. in the comic book. Yeah, yeah. the comic book storyline behind him is way better um, than what they did. They just didn't give him enough time, yeah. I think, in the movie than, than what he has in the book. I also like that he's this, the smartest man alive. Yeah, absolutely. That's like his deal. He's Yes, absolutely. The master, what was, um, master planner. There was a thing I read about him that I didn't realize, and I don't think I have it up anymore. Um, I don't. I'll find it and bring it up maybe later. 
All right, on to my number five, Rachel Ghoul. Really? Yeah, my number five because in the same way as Thanos, in the same way as Ozymandias, mm-hmm. um, I love a character that you're not really sure whether they're right or wrong. Yeah. And he's the exact same philosophy, basically, as Thanos, essentially. We're destroying the world. We need to wipe out the population. We need to start over. We need to do it right. I can do it right. Now, he's maybe a little more power hungry. Um, yes. But, you know, I like a character where you can understand their motivations, but question their methods. So the, these are characters where the ends don't justify or do justify the means. So what their goal is justifies whatever it takes to get there. And while that's a terrible thing, you can understand it. And that's a character that I believe nails it even more than any of the other ones. He really nails that. Plus I'm a huge fan of Damian Wayne. That's his grandson. That's right. Yeah. So there actually is so into Damien. They actually, uh, Batman and Rachel Ghoul are kind of related. Not they really, are, but well, kind of. <laughs> so that's my number five. Your number five is, uh, um, anyway, it says, I was reading about Ozymandias again, and it says he kills millions to save billions. Yeah, right. The same end, as Rachel Ghoul, same as Thanos. Yeah. The same, same concept. And I get that's kind of a trope, but I mean, that's uh, if you can do it right, it's it works every time. <laughs> like if you can write it the correct way, yeah, right, right. I mean, it. it I thought will you meant always actually work. carry out the genocide. No, no, no. That's not. If right. you can carry out that genocide effectively, it works. It works. My number five, Phoenix Force. There you go. Um, I'm really surprised to hear that. Really? Very oh, much. Gosh, coming, I lo- coming I've from always you, lo- I'm very surprised by that. Why? I've always loved Phoenix. Hmm. I like Phoenix better than Jean Grey. Oh yeah, uh, like a, a billion times over. So um, I think it's really cool. I, I just we talked about it a lot earlier. I just think that the taking of the character that everybody is loving and then turning her into somebody that's going to destroy everything that you've ever loved uh, is amazing. And then the torment between Jean Grey's normal like mind and the Phoenix force taking her over is just amazing. And again, the comic book run is not very long. It's relatively short. I think she should have a way bigger run than what she's ever had. Uh, and a better portrayal in the movies. I haven't seen the movie, but nobody likes it. And I take most of their words for it because they are relatively big time comic book people. And, I just wish they would have done. I the bought movie the better. movie. I haven't watched it yet. You still haven't watched it. No, I was so excited for it. I remember when they were, they had released that they were going to make this movie, and I got really excited. It's oh, yeah. recorded on this podcast on one of the earlier episodes, yeah. and um, I don't know. I think they. I think she deserves a better run. I would watch another one that came out if they said tomorrow that they were going to make another Phoenix movie, but we're going to do it the right way this time. Yeah, I'd watch it. Yeah. That the problem with doing that the right way is it takes a long time to set the character up for sure to make it pay off, and they didn't do that. No, they never they had did the opportunity it the first time to, around. They did the whole X Men universe was just set up poorly. Yeah, well, I I shouldn't say that. There were some really good movies there. First there, class. Yes, the movies are good. I'm just saying the from the beginning to where they are with Dark Phoenix, it just it wasn't set up correctly to be able to portray that character the right way. Okay. I don't think. 
Um, my number four. Okay, so my Batman. So to Jerry's Batman, I have Spider Man. Yes, that's my guy. Um, and in the theme of loving characters that sit in the background and pull strings, aha, uh-huh. there is one that sticks out to me. My number four is Kingpin. Okay, Wilson Fisk. Yes. And I've always loved this character going back to the comics, going back to the 90s animated Spider-Man show, which I absolutely adore. I loved that character in that show going to into the Spider-Verse. But for me, the definitive take of Kingpin is Vincent D'Onofrio yes. in the Netflix Daredevil show. And I, oh, I forgot about Michael Clark Duncan in the Daredevil movie. Yeah, that's okay. Not good. But nah. <laughs> I like that movie, but uh, he wasn't great than that. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio in the Kingpin movie is, in my estimation, maybe the best portrayal of a comic book villain in all of uh, film and television. Um, just You think so? Absolutely nails it. He plays that character. And that's another character, too, like that portrayal of that character, because it's not always the same portrayal. No, it isn't, but that portrayal is... I like that. Bar none. As that character goes, I like the rich billionaire business mogul um idea i like that he's the you know basically the kingpin of crime he's controlling all organized crime yeah um i just love everything about that character but specifically that portrayal okay that's it i love it (laughs) i like that my number what are we on four Four. um this is gonna throw you off i think okay uh it's dr doom no really yes I love Dr. Doom because, so he's like a super vain person to begin with. Like he was always impressed with his own looks and how he presented himself. And he was always smarter that he thought he was smarter than everybody else. And then this accident happens and it like scars his face really bad. And he thought of himself as being like hideous. Uh, so he puts on a mask, you know, and covers his face up. Um, but he still thinks he's better than everyone else. And that's all he tries to do. Like, that's his whole shtick is like, I'm better than you and I'm going to prove it. He's like an incredible, um, oh, what's that word? Uh, sorcerer. Sorcerer. Yeah, he's like an incredible sorcerer where he bat- battles Doctor Strange often. Um, but he's more of a what fantastic four yeah. bad guy, right? Avengers, fantastic um, yeah. four. He's permeated the entire Marvel Universe. Iron I mean, Man's fought him a lot. Definitely one of the biggest villains in the in the Marvel universe. Um, yeah, he really is. And I've I've never read a lot of Marvel stuff, but anything I have, Doctor Doom's always been the bad guy, yeah. and I've enjoyed it. Yeah, because of him. That's my number four. My number three. I think you'd be really surprised by this too. Okay, Doctor Doom. Oh, <laughs> I think Doctor nice. Doom is literally one of the best. Um, I love the idea that he has his own country, yeah, uh, which he's the king of, Latveria. Latveria, right? Yeah. And um, yes, he is obsessed with hating Reed Richards because he's inferior, thinks he's superior. He's a technical genius. He's a sorcerer. He has his own country. He has his own army. He has his own military. Yeah. Um, he has superpowers. He's transcended humanity to the point where he's probably one of the more powerful in the universe yeah um i just and from humble beginnings 
Yeah, like very. A, a gypsy, basically. A he was gypsy a poor boy. gypsy boy. Yeah. Um, I just, it, it, the writing for Dr. Doom is always the best writing. And I, the, it's criminal that he hasn't been done correctly in any movies. He could be the Thanos, but better than Thanos. I think he would have been way better than Thanos. I think they should have done a Doctor Doom. If they're going to go forward with the MCU... They have to bring him in. He has to be the forefront of that. They have to bring him in. The only reason they wouldn't do it is because he's not technically maybe as big of a cosmic threat as like a Galactus or something like that. But um, but I I don't think you need it. You don't need a cosmic threat. I, I just think with his... He's like the best of Lex Luthor. He's like the best yes. of, you know, he's the inspiration for Darth Vader. I did. He was the inspiration for Darth Vader. Really? Yeah. Is that proven? Uh, Is that written in stone? I've read it. Have you talked to George? No, no, I haven't. So my number, th- my number three was Dr. Doom. All right. My number three is gosh, another, I think oddball, um, for what you would expect. And it is Magneto. Oh, nice. I love Magneto solely on... I I can't name a specific story, to be honest. I solely love Magneto because of his power. Yeah. It's such a cool power. Captures the imagination. Yeah. I'm obsessed with, like, moving things with your mind. And I get it. Like, he can only do that with metal, obviously. Um, But everything has metal in it. Yeah. Literally everything. And magnetism. His, yeah, like his, like just force of moving that stuff and what he can do with it. And then the, the thought of putting on a helmet to where, uh, um, Dr. Xavier can't get into his brain. I think that's genius. I just like that character and the, what he does. I also like the portrayal of him by, uh, the one dude, what's his name? McKellen. Nope. The other one, Michael Fassbender, Michael Fassbender's Magneto. I think is better than Ian McKellen only because it's not um, as cut and dry. Like the Ian McKellen Magneto is like straight from the comic book, which is normally great. That's what exactly what everybody wants. I just like that newer take of Magneto where uh, newer, younger. Yeah. The younger take, I guess I should say not necessarily newer. I like the take of looking back at their relationship with each other. Um, And how it falls apart. Yeah. And like, he's kind of torn. He's kind of torn with himself. He doesn't, he honestly believes he's doing the right thing too. Most of the time. Right. Um, yeah, just great. My Go number two, I'm going to flip flop. You're flipping them. I'm flipping right them. on the fly. I'm flipping them on the fly. Okay. My number two is the Joker. Okay. The Joker. The Joker, I think. I wondered if he was going to even make it in your list, to be honest. Yeah, I think the Joker is probably the most well-known of any comic book villain. Yeah. Um, He's been done in so many different ways. Yep. I I mean, we don't need to spend too much time on it, because I guess we're going to probably talk about it pretty soon here. Yeah. Um, But he's been done in so many different takes brilliantly. Yeah. um, Which we will get more in-depth on all those takes. But the aspect of the Joker that I like is... The consistency of the portrayal as like the spirit of chaos. Yes. I, I like that. I like what you just said there. Like the spirit of it. Yeah. He isn't necessarily chaos. He's like the spirit of it because everybody's feeding off of that. I like the idea that the Joker has been multiple different people. 
And yeah. I don't know if that's true, and I might just be making that up. I don't think it is true. But I like the idea that that's a possibility because... You don't really I don't know. No, I, I think maybe there's an aspect of him which transcends humanity to a certain point. So he's almost like a like a sprite or a fairy or like a spirit of chaos yeah. incarnate. And uh, I just... There's so many different takes. We'll talk about them later. So number... Uh, your number... My number two, two. is Kingpin. No. Be, oh, That's again, very surprising. Solely because of Vincent D'Onofrio's uh, D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. I always say D'Onofrio yeah. because he's got that strange O in there. Yeah. Anyway, um, his portrayal of him. I don't know much of the comic book stuff with him, really, because... He's the mayor. No. I have uh, read Spider-Man, obviously, but I just never really got into the books that much. And... But that Daredevil story with him and the way he's portrayed, how he's kind of babyish, but infuriate, like he just yeah, gets he infuriated all the time. He has no control over like his rage. It's unbelievable yeah. the way he acts, and um, I, I just love it. That's yeah. why he's, he's easily my number two just because of how different he was yeah. compared to normal villains in a show. Like that's not the same type of villain that you see in a normal show. They're normally he's a sympathetic villain in that show. He, yes, he is big time, but and not I, in a way like you might be thinking he might be trying to do the right thing. He's not trying to do the right thing at no. all ever. But he's sympathetic because, like, a he's had such a horrible life, but b it's just the way he's played. Like he wants to be normal, normal, and but he can't be. But he also wants to be loved, and he wants power. He, it's it's a layered he needs, character and a layered performance. Yeah, he needs somebody to like take care of him and love him, um, like his mom. Yeah, and he like it just he's like obsessed with having that. But yeah, he's also obsessed with power. Yeah, and he needs power, and he's a big dude and extremely strong. I like that they played it that way. That he's just like he's just strong, a strong guy. Um, instead of being over the top large, right? Um, they played it more realistic, obviously, and uh, good old Vinny nailed it. Yep, hit it out of the park. So my number one, Magneto. Really? Yeah, I think that that throws me. I, I did not think you'd have Magneto. I think Magneto. Um, again, I've mentioned this a bunch of times. Can I say who I thought you were gonna have? Who? Mysterio. Oh, really? Yeah. No. I thought you loved that character. I like Mysterio, but I mean, no. Only because of the Spider-Man thing. That's what I thought. Yeah, no. I mean, okay. I like Mysterio as a villain, but no, he wouldn't even be in my top 50. I mean, mine either, but I I did. I think no. Magneto I completely captured my imagination and continues to capture my imagination. His powers are so unique and cool, the idea by him, behind them. But I love the backstory, the Holocaust survivor. Yeah. Um, the humble roots but i think my favorite thing about magneto is that he's like a good guy too yes he's not a bad guy he he actually is a good guy i think he is and, that, and the, i know that's the, the theme with like thanos and racial ghoul and stuff like he's an ends justify the means kind of guy mm -hmm. so he is right in what he wants to accomplish and he just doesn't care who gets in the way and he doesn't care about humans but if you think about it from his perspective he shouldn't have to like they're inferior to him, right. A, but also B, they've been horribly mistreated by them. So exactly. he's right in looking at it as it's a different species that are just killing us 
and horribly mistreating us. I mean, he's almost like a civil rights activist in, in a certain way. In a way, yeah. But he's taking it to extreme measures. I understand that. But most of the time, and a lot of the time, he's not bad at all. Lots of times he fights alongside the X-Men. Yep. He's, I love that him and Charles Xavier are like best friends, and they can be fighting each other one moment, one moment and then they could later on get together and play a game of chess. Yeah. And then later on go back and be fighting each other be fighting each other i always capture my imagination how they started the savage lands that whole other like what was it a continent that yeah. they that that he ran that all the mutants lived in but he's been at the top of the top of not only the x-men but also the entire mcu um as like a leading figure absolutely and he and he always will be he crosses all the books but beyond that magnificent portrayals by Ian McKellen I think just nailed it and the the coolest things like from that movie where he pulls the iron out of the guy's blood yes I mean that's so cool and that that's that's his power though like he can do that stuff and I think it's incredible and I think Michael Fassbender was amazing um just overall it's just you know he's not maybe the most powerful he's just the most nuanced I Mm -hmm. think and you understand his motivations sometimes, but I like that ability for them to sit down and like be friends, but also fight each other. And it's almost like a game to them. It is. You know it, I mean? And it kind of shows you that it kind of shows you like, if you know somebody, but you have different opinions, you can still be like cordial. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And I also lo- always love the idea that he's like such a dynamic personality that he can just like win people over to his cause yeah just by like being magnetic yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's just got a magnetic personality yeah, he does so yeah. that was my number two and i'm guessing your number one no, is that was your number one uh, that was my number one i'm guessing your number one is not a secret the joker yeah i figured um yeah i you'll never have another character in my world that's better than that villain yeah um i just you were talking about it and the different portrayals by different people and even in different books like in the comic books that character is so different from run to run to run to run it it's the same character it's the same spirit of chaos like you were saying but in a different way every time. And there's somewhere he's like more organized that's and there's somewhere was, he's more chaotic and yes like sometimes he is organized and orchestrating like a big group of people to take over a city or to take over a bank or whatever. And then there's other times where he cuts his own face off Yeah, and then puts it back on. Yeah. You know that it's just unbelievable what you can do with that character. And it's because it is so he's like so moldable into whatever you need him to be for the story. And that's why I just don't see how you can get a better villain than that because he can be anything you need him to be at any moment even if he if he switched what he was going to do in the middle of a storyline, it really wouldn't surprise you because that's what he does. Yeah, and I love like certain portrayals of him where like he's driven by love of Batman. He's so that's what I was going to get into. He is the mirror image of Batman in the opposite way. Batman is insane. Yeah. Like Bruce Wayne is somewhat insane. He's like obsessed with being Batman. He's obsessed with getting back for what happened to his parents. 
the Joker is the exact same. He's obsessed with Batman. He's obsessed with getting back at him yeah. all of the time. But he loves him. But he they can't have they can't have themselves without each other. The, each other, like yeah. the other person. And Batman are, they don't uh, exist. The Joker understands that. Batman, Batman does not. Yeah. And I just like like Harley Quinn loves the Joker. She yes. can't compete with Joker's love for Batman. No. And it, it's and weird. That, and not in all portrayals. And that's guys. like I a, mean, I understand that's not all portrayals of him. That's but. like where she struggles yeah. big time and gets super mad at Batman because of his love for or the Joker's love for Batman. Or at least obsession. Ob- we call yeah. it that. Yeah. And, you know, you got amazing it, portrayals by Mark Hamill. Yes. Um, you got amazing portrayal by Heath Ledger. We're about to, I'm guessing, see a pretty good portrayal here. That, by I'm Joaquin so excited Phoenix. for it. Um, you know, Jack Nicholson. I loved that. I'm If I could meet Mark Hamill and hear him do the Joker voice, I think I would literally shit myself. <laughs> like, I think everything would just fall out of me. That guy at the Comic-Con had a pretty good impression. It's pretty good. Yeah, it was all right. No, I just love the... <laughs> the only thing I don't like about Joker, maybe that's why I knocked it down a point, was that it's like the most ubiquitous, ubiquitously um, dressed up as character. Like, everybody thinks... Yeah. Like, everybody that you see at Comic-Con thinks, like, I'm going to be the Joker, and I'm going to nail it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you can't. Yeah. They can't. No, you really can't. I I don't even know why people really try. Best portrayal of the Joker, go. Best portrayal of yeah. the Joker? I'm not talking about actor. I'm just talking about, in general, like, all comic books. Like, what's your favorite Joker? Um, Oh, my gosh. It would either be... The Killing Joke Joker. Yeah, um, probably for me. Or I, I always like the insane, crazy part where of like Scott Snyder's uh, Death of the oh, Family. Oh yeah, that's a great yeah. Joker. That's the one where he's got his face stapled back on. Yeah, and that one. I love like the original vi- Death in the Family Joker too. Yes. Um, he's he's sim. They're similar characters. There, like death of the family and death in the family, are similar because I think it's like an amped up version of that Joker in Death of the Family. I think they took a lot of liberties from the Arkham series. Yeah, I would say so. I I'm not a huge fan of the Arkham series. Neither Joker. am I. Neither am I. But I do think they took some liberties in the the way he acts and somewhat in the way he looks, but. It's just Scott Snyder's writing, though. Yeah, it's he. I think my it. favorite portrayal, and this is going to be controversial, is um, uh, Jared Leto's portrayal from <laughs> Suicide Squad. Get out of no, here! Okay. Go away! I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I get it. I like the. I mean, the Joker is the most ubiquitous. Um, maybe second, maybe in that vein with maybe Lex Luthor. I, I'm not a big fan of Lex Luthor myself, but you're right. I do like Most Lex Luthor. Like, you know, it's fine. I'm just not a Superman guy. So Me either. He's not in either of our top tens. So there you have it, folks. That's top a, ten comic book villains. We, we've nailed it. Um, we're two minutes long at the moment, but we still did the show much quicker than we ever have. Yeah. So if you guys like that, let us know, uh, please. And please check out and subscribe to our Patreon Patreon.com slash snarf comics. You can subscribe for one dollar or five dollars or yeah. ten or twenty-five or a hundred. Yeah, twenty-five dollar level, deal. you get a, a monthly <laughs> subscription box. 
Erica's probably wondering where her subscription box is right now. But um, no, we'll have it to her by now. Yeah, probably. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it out. Don't worry. Yeah. Don't you worry. So uh, please subscribe, uh, like, leave a review, and subscribe to us on YouTube.com/snarfcomics. And for Snarf Talk this week, I've been Chris. I am Jerry. See ya. <laughs>